The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Don. How you guys doing? So far, so good. You know, we hear a lot about this U.S. debt ceiling stuff. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember, it seems we're talking about this every couple of years, but we're presented with this as if it's the end of the world. It's something that's never happened. But this happens time and time and time again in the United States, hasn't it? Doesn't it? it, Isn't history prove that? Well, actually, Scott, you can't remember all the times this happened. You weren't even born yet. (laughs) Okay. 1960. Since then, so we're talking 63 years ago, During in the last 63 years, they've had raised, extended, or revised the debt ceiling 78 times. Okay? This is, uh, you know, like, it's news, but it's, is it newsworthy? Um, and, but anytime there's some, you know, uncertainties, what's going to happen? And that's why it's creating right now, this uncertainty. No different than the Russian war invasion, if you call it, or war, if you want, um, or any other, you know, in, a new budget or new taxes or or what's going to happen with interest rate or inflation, et cetera. All these are things that create some market uncertainty. And with that, headlines, okay? And with headlines, then what do, what do people do with those headlines? And that's actually kind of what Jay's going to be talking about today. Yeah, great. Sorry, you had something to say, Scott? Well, you know, it's just interesting uh, as as we are presented with this problem, it's it feels like it's the end of the world. And as Don mentioned, uh, the response is, well, just do what you did last time and let's move on. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's yeah. really a lot of commotion <laughs> about nothing. Or is it something yeah. that they should stop doing? Should they stop raising this? Yeah, well, if, if they do stop, then it's going to cause another ripple uh, the other way. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely, definitely things in the news, things in the headline definitely cause people to have bad behavior or, or irrational behavior when it comes to everything, whether it's investing, whether it's Don's going to talk about uh, a bunch of different things in the next segment. But uh, I'm going to talk about actual b- bad behavior from investors. So most people think logically they make decisions in, in the process of making life choices, uh, whether it's insignificant, like picking a restaurant or or picking your, your family doctor, um, which is a, a far or more significant, uh, you read reviews and you go through reviews and you, and you look at what, what's happened in the past performance of, of that restaurant and who what everyone thinks about that restaurant or that doctor and so on and so forth. And people do the same or similar process when it comes to uh, investment decision making. And I'm here to tell you that process, you know, it kind of falls short when it comes to making these decisions about investments. It's not always the right way to look at the past uh, instead of looking at the, uh, the future. So investor mindset needs to improve. And and we need to reconfigure the way investors think about uh, the past performance and more about the future and what the opportunities are for investments in the future. Um, performance is something that you need to look at. Um, you know, you look at restaurants and you look at reviews. And if you don't really dive down and, and really look at a deep understanding, maybe that review was done last year or three years ago. And maybe that restaurant's not so good anymore. Or there's a different owner at the restaurant. Or there's a different chef. Or they've changed the menu 
menu. So when you're picking a restaurant, if you don't dive deep and you just look, oh, they've got a five-star rating or a four-star rating, and then that's it, maybe you fall short when you go there. Same thing with your doctor. You know, Maybe the doctor was great at one time, and now the doctor's older and not continuing up with their education, uh, new methods and new treatments, uh, maybe has a nurse practitioner that's taking care of the practice a little bit more now. So again, if you don't dive deeper, if you just look at the number, um, then you, it, it falls short. You really have to dive deeper. And the same thing goes back to the investments. Uh, get away from that, that mindset that the past is going to be the same as the future, good or bad. You know, we've got investments that do poorly in one year. And so people say, well, I'm not investing in that. Look how poorly that did. Well, it doesn't doesn't mean that it's going to do poorly again the next year. The same thing with good and bad investments. Um, so, you know, a lot of the advertisements that we see out there, they're legally uh, required to report their one, three, and five-year returns on investments. So from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, investment companies that are out there aren't putting the poor investments on, on the radar, right? They're not putting those poor investments in the paper. They're putting their best investments forward, and they're showing you the best stuff. So that's what people see. And they're like, I want a piece of that. I want some some of that. Um, and the, the good story just keeps returning. And then after a year, you've bought into this investment. And then you read the paper again or read an article on, on online. And now there's another one that's better. And there's always going to be one that's better. And if you continually chase that, it's, it's just a bad habit to get in. So that's a bad behavior that a lot of people get into is using their past performance um, and, and looking in the rearview mirror and not really looking at what they have and diving deep and saying, okay, why didn't mine perform as well as that one did? Um, and why am I always trying to chase that good one that's that's up front and center? Because um, marketing has a great does a great way of doing that, of putting the best things forward always. Um, whether it's a one-year, three-year, five-year return, um, they're going to market that, that product, whatever has the best one. Um, and not historically will it be the same going forward. So from an economic standpoint or the economy standpoint, it's also flawed. Uh, year over year, like I said, um, the winners rotate. So last year, for example, 2022, Canadian equities led the way, and you'll be surprised, but they led the way with a negative 5.84%. So again, investors' behavior, you look at it and you say, well, that's negative. Like, how, how can that be good? And comparatively speaking, the worst performing market was emerging markets at negative 13.9. So yeah, they were all of them were bad. Fixed income was bad. There wasn't a real safe haven other than cash last year. So everything was bad, but yet if you dive deeper and look to see what actually performed better than other classes, Canadian equities did the best, even though it was negative 5.84 last year. It's, you know, it's interesting you know, say that, Jay, because you find a lot of people in the last few years because the U.S. had a, a great run. Now, you got they had the, lo the lost decade before that, though. So from 2008... Uh, you know, the financial crisis, actually from 2000, there was, you know, the dot-com kind of issue, right? To, and they had 10 years and there wasn't much growth at all. In fact, they had negative growth for 10 years. And so everybody jumped off the U.S. bandwagon. Oh, you can't trust the U.S. Look what they've done. And then the next 10 years were the best places to be. And everybody's saying, well, Canada's awful. I don't want to have my money there. And, and again, it comes down to what you're saying. You can't look at the rearview mirror and invest. It's not going to work. No. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You look at Canadian equities. So last year, negative 5.4. The year before, positive 25%. So yeah, you just don't know where where it's where's the next one's going to be. So yeah, you look at two years ago, uh, 2000. So I, I said last year, 2022, Canadians were the best. Emerging markets were the worst. Two years ago, flip it around. 
2020 emerging markets were the best place to be. And they were 16.61% return and Canadian equities were the worst. So completely flip over a two year period. So to say that Canadian equities, to your point, Don, that, oh, people are saying the US is the place to be. Well, Canada seems to be the place to be this year, but maybe not next year and definitely not two years ago, it wasn't the place to be. So yeah, it, it changes all the time. So you got to dig a little deeper and look at look at everything. Um, you know, even if you look at the small cap or large cap or mid cap growth, versus value, all of those outperform differently in any given year. So there's never a, the right answer to say, well, always value does better or always growth does better or, you know, historically U.S. is going to perform better than Canada. It doesn't work that way. Um, so it just leads many individuals and institutions even uh, to become momentum investors. They chase those returns, right? Investing, increasing uh, investments. So as price goes up, they start, they start to invest more money into a stock or into a mutual fund or other type of investment as the price is going up and may even put more money into it when it reaches peak. We saw that with Bitcoin over the last little while uh, or crypto type investments. When it reaches peak, it had more cash inflow into that into that into crypto than anything any other time uh, and then once it starts going down you see the cash outflow so people start to panic and that's again bad behavior so selling at the right time is 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 one thing but funneling money after something that's done well or at a peak that's that's just bad behavior uh, and, great and performance you could, you could look at our own houses you know when mm -hmm. when were people buying the most houses lining up a year and a half ago, bidding wars going on to buy in houses that then drop twenty percent afterwards. So yeah. lining up to buy at the peak, and and again, that's how emotional is that? And we repeat this cycle time and time again, which yeah. needs that third party to get in the way to maybe help you with these decisions. Yeah. And you know it's hard to navigate as a as an investor if you're doing it on your own, and that's why you you want to reach out to a professional. But you know even if you think you're you're investing with good companies, so strong companies that are out there, there's a, dozens of them out there. But most money managers are highly skilled, so all the they don't hire people that aren't skilled. They're all these companies are hiring people that have great knowledge of the markets, um, they have great intellect, uh, and they have experience. So everyone's hiring all these bright people, and they don't necessarily have. Uh, the, the right answer every time. It's tough to be number one all the time. You know, uh, most investments, uh, if they're in the top quartile or the top 25% of their asset class, in the years, five years following that, 25% of those, of those top earners are in the bottom. <laughs> so can't, they can't keep it going. Um, so they finish in the top and then five years later, they're at the bottom. Um, and not all of them, of course, but there's, there's a lot that, that fall down to that. So to keep at the top of your game all the time is very, very difficult. These companies are attracting better talent all the time. And you want to make sure that you're, you're dealing with the right companies, but you also have to think about, okay, I, I can't be chasing the losers or I can't be chasing the winners. What do I do? How do I figure this out? So just a quick Quick stat. So if you chase the winners all the time, so if you if you were to get into the market uh, after, so for example, Canadian equities is the best last year. If you put everything into Canadian equities this year um, and then next year, you, you just keep chasing year after year, whatever did the best last year, year over year. Over the last 20 years, your returns would have been 4.69. So pretty decent, not great, but pretty decent. If you would have said, okay, well, I'll just chase the losers because the losers will be good next year. If you do that over a 20 year period, it's three point. 0.97 returns. So chasing losers isn't a good strategy. Chasing the winners is a little bit better, but still not a good strategy. Having proper asset allocation going 
across all the asset classes, a, bu a bunch of different, a number of different companies, a number of different countries. Um, if you diversified in several different asset classes equally each year over the last 20 years, it's 6.63. So 2% better than any of the other ways of doing it. So chasing those returns is just going to shoot you in the foot. Having a proper for balance portfolio is the way to go. Bottom line, reframing your investor mindset is is difficult task to do. Don and I, as certified financial planners, uh, gladly help our listeners navigate uh, this historically bad behavior and get, and get you back on track. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905-972-7420. All right, the next segment, Hard Life, Harder Life. You're going to have to explain yourself here, Don. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. You know what? I came across uh, something, I think it was on social media or an email, and it was basically a stick man showing a stick man climbing up this, call it a, a mountain, to get to the promised land where it's nice and flat, an easy life, versus taking that easy, and it was a, a stick man sliding down the slope, having a ball, but then at the end of the slide, having to climb out of this hole, and then a super steep way to get back to the easy life. And that got me thinking, it says, isn't that really what financial planning or even in a greater sense, what life is all about? You know, for example, do, it's harder to go to get post-secondary education. It would just simply be easier, go get a job. But you know what? You can go get post-secondary education hoping for a better life, which would then create an easy life. The other way is, you know what, I'm just going to stay at home a little longer. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to party with my, my buddies. And then next thing you know, you're digging out, out of that. And you're, and you're lucky to get to the same footing. And I remember having this conversation with somebody in high school. And uh, his dad was a bricklayer. And great for him. And, I'm, I'm, you know, they make very good money. And he's, he was working out how, uh, you know, versus going to college or university versus just starting working with his dad. And it was definitely an easier choice. He was going to make pretty good money. Now, having said that, he's probably a multimillionaire owning his own brick brick laying company now. However, I actually don't know what he's doing. But that being said, I do know a number of bricklayers. And when they hit 55, it's not an easy life anymore. Yeah, Those, brick, those bricks got heart heavier. Mm -hmm. and, and and their back issues and so on. And, and it's, they're in the sun a lot. It looked pretty easy in high school. And it looked even fun. But it didn't look quite as good later on. Now, financial planning, in, in the way I look at it, it's almost the same thing. You know, you could take the easy path, having a great team. Hey, I'm finally out of university, out of college, out of high school, what have you. I'm going to spend my money, have fun. Or I can sit down with a financial planner and they're going to tell me I have to save money. Well, that's no fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to build up a net worth. 
again, no fun. And this is hard. You know what? I'm making 50000 a year now at a school, whatever it is. And I, I got paid out in debt. And you say, you want, this, you want me to save 500 a month? You know how much I've been postponing this? I finally got cash in my pocket. Well, making those hard decisions lead to a way easier life than making the easy decision. And then trying to dig yourself out of this and then climbing up the steep cliff, getting yourself hopefully to that easier life. And we see this day in, day out. People making who've made great decisions and people that haven't and then paying the price for that. Yeah, we don't, you know, you're referring to younger people uh, at the beginning of this here, Don, but it's it's all walks of life, right? We have we have people that are, are 50 years old that come into our office and say, okay, I'm now I'm ready to start planning and retirement and I want to retire at 55. And, you know, they, they want to take the quick road and give me the investments that are going to give me the best return, the quickest return. And there's no, you know, there's no quick fix. Um, you can't take the easy road all the time and it, it just doesn't work that way. And that we, we see that time and time again, whether it's a 20 year old or a 60 year old, people taking the quick road just doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. And this, whether it's, you know, fitness, keeping fit, and having to do the exercise so that you're, you know, better health later versus having so much easier to grab fast food, you know, what have you. Making lunch, a good lunch in the morning is a very simple example. And having a, a nutritious net lunch rather than, you know what, I'm just going to go grab some fast food. I don't have time because you didn't prepare for it. Okay, that's a real simple example. But these are all, they all add up. And financial planning is a lot bigger scale. And you're absolutely right, Jay, whether you're 25 or whether you're 55 or 65, Making the, the harder decision generally leads to an easier life. And, it's, and again, having a coach with you. So I look at what can we control? Well, I know what we can't control. And we can't control the news, okay? Whether it be the debt ceiling or whatever, the, the crisis de jour that's coming up that scares people. We can't control interest rates or corporate earnings or inflation, markets, economy, the elections, who's going to get in, who's getting out. You know what it can do though? It can stress us out and it might make us some bad decisions if left on our own devices because of all this news and noise, if you will, that may cloud good judgment. And that's really what a good financial planner does. What we can control though is our lifestyle. How are we going to spend? What, what's our lifestyle? That's actually the number one thing that will create somebody, the difference from financially independent or not. What are they spending per month versus what are they saving per month? And that's a, it's not easy though. It does take some planning. Again, just planning in general. Scott, you've, uh, we've gone through this exercise even as simple as kids' education. It's, it's hard to believe the parents that, wow, I can't believe my son's now 18 and he's going to university. Yeah, no, it's, um, it, and, and again, I was uh, just talking to uh, a niece and, and her husband who have just recently started families and such. And that was one of the things I pointed out was if you start this saving for the kids education now, it's going to be a lot easier when you're middle aged. Or, or beyond that, and you have to try to come up with this money. And, you know, I, I can't, I think that's the single biggest thing that has benefited from me having a financial planner is to see that long-term goal. And then now, obviously, I have kids that are entering or in university. And uh, my goodness, I would hate to have had to have come up with that now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It would have been easier for you to spend that money along the way for the last 18 years. Yeah. But then you have this easier life now. 
Yeah. And the and, thing is, is if you were to go back and say, I'm going to keep that money, I'm not going to invest that every month, you wouldn't even see it. I mean, you'd blow yeah. it on something that's really <laughs> insignificant. Yeah. What the heck did I do with that 500 or 200 bucks or whatever? It's it's gone. It's 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 it slips through your fingers very quickly. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, you know, Scott, you're you're realizing now, Scott, with your kids going to university that that's you're accomplishing that goal. Well, you're not far from the next goal of retirement. Right. And that's that's when you're yeah. going to realize, wow, thank, thank goodness I saved all that money. Um, now I can live a lifestyle that I'm comfortable with. Um, but if you if you didn't and didn't make those sacrifices along the way, um, you wouldn't have that realization. You'd be just you'd be struggling through your retirement. So good for you to to do both. And, and you know, you think of where your you are and where the economy is and where you are in your profession and your money making years and such. You can't plan any of that. I mean, you know, how many people are are set up for a good scenario right now? But now interest rates are going up. Life is changing. It's a lot different than it was twenty years ago. It's a lot more difficult. So you, you just can't plan for that sort of thing. And and, and something like this is a great way to at least cover your rear end through through the education fund. <laughs> and education, <laughs> retirement, all these goals, it took planning. And it takes planning and it takes a little some discipline. And again, often that third party, aka us as a financial planner, to kind of set up this plan and, and show the benefit and say, wow, gosh, I'm so happy I'm going to do this because look what I'm not going to face later. Because if I don't do this, I will all of a sudden my son or daughter will be 18 and I got to come up with 20,000 a year in that case. So yes, and so what they did FP Canada, Financial Planning Canada did a survey and found people that deal with financial planner are more on track for the financial plans and retirement plans. And they've, and they definitely have improved their ability to save in the last five years. They're more confident that they can deal with the financial challenges in life. They're just, and, and more confidence just means more, less stress. Um, they're more able to indulge in discretionary spending goals. So down the road, they actually get to have a lot more fun. And what they found is on track with financial affairs, 81% of those with a comprehensive financial plan felt they were on track versus only 62, sorry, 44% with no planning. So practically double because you're dealing with having a financial planner at your side, helping you along the way. And this is everybody. This doesn't matter about education, what you are, who you are. I have accountants as clients, lawyers as clients, doctors as clients, steelworkers as clients. It doesn't matter where you are. It, it, it's still human nature to want to well, possibly do the wrong things because of all the noise that we face. So, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. So really, what does financial planning mean? Forbes magazine wrote a very interesting article. And obviously, we've talked about this. It's not simply managing money. Um, as Jay just said, it's a big part of it is just managing people, you know, keeping them from themselves. And so it, it encompasses the process of building your plan as well as ongoing support. And that's the big one. So like one thing, if you want to go get a financial plan done, you can get a software program, you can throw in some data. And, and I always call them somewhat financial guesses because that data changes all the time. And really, how honest are you going to be with yourself? Because um, sometimes the questions are harder. Um, and sometimes it's your spouse may not be interested in going through the same process. It has to be a partnership. Um, otherwise, you <laughs> it, it leads the wrong way because lifestyle, for example, I just had a, a meeting with a client of mine next week. They're looking at retirement. We are trading their earnings paycheck to a retirement paycheck. And so good for them. They've been working with me for oh almost 30 years now. 
and they're pretty excited about this. So he wanted to come in on his own. I said, no, no, you got to bring your wife in here too, because you need to know the spending. You don't do, you, you know, your side of the spending. You may not know her side of the spending or vice versa. And you want to get on the same page. So you're both enjoying this retirement journey together and, and planning for those journeys. Yeah, Don, I can't, uh, you know, how many times, probably every single client that we've ever onboarded, you know, we ask them to give us a budget and they go through their budget and they send it to us either by email or they, they, they print something out that there's their budget. And it's usually about half of the spending that they actually do. Right? <laughs> they, they don't account for so many things. And like the most person will still miss so many things. And it's our job to kind of, you know, we don't care what you spend your money on, but we definitely want to know um, how much is being spent. Right. It's not, a, it's not our business to know exactly what you're spending your money on, but we definitely want to know, oh. you know, what are your needs? What are your needs? Right. Well, it isn't, isn't actually. We do need to know everything because garbage in, garbage out. So True. if you give us wrong numbers, then yeah, your plan, hey, wow, you can retire. Oh, I, did I tell you about, uh, I, I, you know, I do this often too. I, you know, I, I have a collection and, I, and it costs me whatever, maybe coin collection, hockey card collection, what have you. And it's cost me this. Oh, yeah, you didn't mention that. Oh, I, I sometimes like to go to Niagara Falls and maybe hit the casino. I spend a little bit there. That, <laughs> that one, that one is actually kind of funny because that it's rare that comes up. But when you drill down, it says, "Oh, I, entertainment. Oh, how much? Oh, I just go to Niagara Falls. But you normally win. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you do. So let's say you don't win. How much would you spend? <laughs> So, so yeah. Research. Wait a sec. So, wait a second. Goes from financial tips to hot tips around the table. <laughs> and people are great at rationalizing behavior, and so we have to drill this all down to say, okay, take that human element out of it for a second, and let's be pragmatic about your financial plan rather than emotional and rationalizing decisions that are being made. It's not easy. It is not easy to step aside and look at this as a third party. That's why you need a third party to sit there and often play referee, perhaps, between, okay, what's the priority of your spending? Okay, is it to do this versus this? I want to go on a holiday to, to Europe. I want to go camping. Well, big difference in cost. So, so research shows that ones that work with financial planners maintain a far more passive investment strategy during market downturns. They sell less and buy more than other investors, meaning they're not doing the wrong thing. Human nature is to sell when it's down and buy when it's up, as Jay mentioned earlier. And, and when it's up, it's like a party going on and you're not, and you got to be part of that. Like that mm -hmm. real estate boom a year and a half ago and people are lining up to buy real estate that had already gone up 50%. It's yeah, that's human the, behavior. The FOMO. FOMO, right? Everyone yeah. thinks they're they're missing out on what's what's next best thing, and every, all their friends are making money, and everyone's making money except me. So I need to get in and, and get a piece to that. So it's it seems that and with the housing market, I mean that was a great example that we experienced during the pandemic. But it seems that people think things are only going to continue to go up; they will never go down. I mean, how else can you explain that thinking? Uh, 100%, Scott. In fact, I talked to one person on the golf course, and he and like a lot of people, oh, I'm getting into investments in real estate now. Well, and you know what? Let's say they only do 10% a year going forward. I said, only 10% a year? You've never seen a downturn, have you? 
Okay. They've never actually averaged 10% a year. Um, so in the long haul, short term, yes. So really it, it comes down to you need to vet your financial planner. Go through it. Just it's this is important stuff. Make sure you have a relationship. Make sure you feel comfortable. Make sure they're, you know, this is this is a long-term decision because you're gonna have this person by your side to help you make the right decisions going forward to help you get more control. And yes, it won't be easy. Okay. okay. But I'd rather be a slightly hard life than a way harder life than and and also the end goal ending up with an easy life. And that's what financial planning is all about. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905-972-7420. A quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right, we've talked about investor behavior. What about insurance behavior? Yeah, so sorry about the non-clever title. Don's got all the, the clever titles. So uh, all I got is insurance behavior. So quickly get into it. We don't have a lot of time. Just to talk about how people are buying their insurance and what they're doing with insurance and some of the pitfalls and mistakes of, of just normal behavior that happens with, with insurance. So many different types of insurance out there health, dental, home, auto, disability, critical illness, long-term care. It's just so much insurance out there. Where do you put your dollars towards? So today I'm just going to try and kind of focus in on life insurance specifically and, and see how we can save some of our listeners some money and 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 save them from making some bad decisions. So uh, again, everyone's situation is customizable to their own situation. Everyone has a different uh, perspective on life insurance and, and their needs for life insurance. So this is not uh, necessarily a, a just for one one cookie cutter fits all approach, but just to let people know they have some options. Uh, so yeah, focusing on, on life insurance, mortgage insurance is one type of life insurance. So again, with people buying these houses that are so expensive, they've got to insure them and they think they have to insure them through through mortgage insurance. So when you go to the bank, they they offer this life insurance that's really no medicals, uh, a couple questions, a couple medical questions, and, and you've got it coverage. And, and the downside to that is it, it's not really underwritten and underwriting is, is something that's done when, um, when you make claims on mortgage insurance, as opposed to regular insurance or, or regular life insurance, where they underwrite at time of application. And what that means is they put you through the process of seeing if you're healthy or not during, during the application process with regular life insurance. And they don't necessarily do that on a mortgage insurance. So that's a downside to mortgage insurance. We have one, one client or, or prospective client. I think I've shared the story before where, um, she called into the office and said, listen, um, my husband passed away and we're going to be getting some life insurance through, through our mortgage insurance. And we're going to have to, I'm going to have to invest that money for my kids and my future. Um, can we set up a meeting? So we set up a meeting. I, I don't know if Don and I were in the meeting together or not, but, but anyways, we, we went through this, the, the process of, of going through all our needs uh, as we do with, with all our clients. And I said, okay, well, when you get the money for the, the life insurance, we can sit down and, and put the, the plan in place that we've got. So months passed. So I called her back 
what's going on with the life insurance. Well, I had to hire a lawyer. They denied the claim because they didn't underwrite it at time of application. They're underwriting it now. My husband died of cancer, but he had high cholesterol and we didn't disclose it on the application for the mortgage insurance. And I guess the fine print is you have to disclose whatever whatever's going on. He wasn't on medication, but the doctor said he had high cholesterol and he thought he could get it in check and never did. Um, and when he passed away, um, the autopsy, they, they said that he had high cholesterol. The doctor said he had high cholesterol. So the insurance co company denied the claim. She fought for months. Actually, it was over a year uh, with legal bills and, and so on and so forth. And she, she was denied claim. So she never became a client. She had to end up selling the house. She had to raise three kids on her own. She's now renting in a, an apartment with three kids. The kids are older now. This was a couple of years ago. But yeah, just a terrible story. So the 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 option is that you get personal life insurance, actual life insurance that's underwritten at time of application. So you know you've got solid coverage and they've approved you for the coverage. Once there's a death certificate submitted, the the, the policy's paid out, not like, not like mortgage insurance. So uh, um, definitely look at getting something on a, on a personal basis to replace that mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance is easy. It's done at the time of your mortgage. Um, you sign a piece of paper and you've got, you think you've got proper coverage, but uh, in essence, I really don't think you do. Go ahead, Don. You know, it's an interesting yeah. point, too. Sorry, Don. An interesting point, too, is that, you know, this person you're speaking of passed away of cancer, probably not yeah. even related to the cholesterol issue Zero. whatsoever. Zero. And yeah. yet, boom, it's canceled. And it, the guy dies of cancer, not of high cholesterol or the issues up, yeah. which is that's that's sad. Yeah. And, and, it, and yeah. it really comes down to you're speaking to somebody on a subject you don't know much about. And the bank person is is selling you this group life insurance policy on, on your house, basically. So you call it mortgage insurance. Well, it's what you don't know that you don't know. Had you sat down with somebody like Jay and gone through and says, well, okay, that is, th this is mortgage insurance. Here's real life insurance. And this one, all the underwriting is done up front. You still would have qualified, by the way, even with the high blood pressure. Okay, or the high mm -hmm. cholesterol, you still would have qualified yeah. and you would have got paid out and life would have been totally different. So again, taking that one extra step makes all the difference. Yeah, that's another misconception or, or uh, belief that people think they can't get life insurance because they've got high cholesterol, high blood pressure, or they're a smoker, or they're, they're maybe a little bit overweight. And that's not true. Uh, we have tons of people that go through the underwriting process that thought they were never going to get coverage, and we end up getting them coverage. So yeah, the, the mortgage insurance, one thing, one thing I wanted to touch on is renewal. So if someone's got a term policy and it's up for renewal, you don't have to accept the renewal. Um, the renewal is generally a lot higher than it was than you were paying before. And, you, and a lot of people think, well, I, I, I have this life insurance. I, I wouldn't qualify for another another policy. I'm a smoker or I'm overweight now or I'm, I'm five years older or 10 years older. And they don't they don't realize they have options. So a lot of people will just keep paying the premiums. I've got, we've got one client uh, or one prospect that came into the office and said, listen, I got this life insurance policy, a term five policy that I've had since 1988. And I said, a term five policy, it's renewed, you know, seven times and you never decided to change it. They're like, yeah, it's a great policy. I still have this coverage in force. And now, you know, I'm, I'm 35 years older and I still have this coverage. I'm like, how much are you paying? So we worked it out. They ended up, they could have replaced that policy a number of times because they are healthy. They're just older. Um, it cost them $24,000 over those 35 years, $24,000 in premiums that they could have saved over those 35 years. So anyways, a lot of people don't realize that the renewal is just a, it's, it's a renewal based on your guaranteed coverage. You have coverage for, for the term of whatever the, the 
policy allows you to keep it, but you don't have to accept those renewal premiums. You can reapply and prove to the insurance company that you're in good health and, and get far less premiums if, if, if instead of doing the renewal. Um, again, Don and I sit down with clients all the time and, and make sure that we go through a, a detailed analysis of their mortgage needs. And, and often it's when the renewals are coming up that people people reach out to us. So any listeners that are going through a renewal, renewal process, please feel free to reach out to us. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. A quick break here. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right, we're going to finish off with saving is fun in the sun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm hearing Beach Boy music playing in the background already. What's going? On? Where's the Where's the suntan grease? You You hear it too? Cool, Scott. That's awesome. Uh, you know what? We're We're just about to hit summer vacation time, and it's a It's great. You know, it's gonna be fun as we always look forward to this as Canadians get out of that winter. And we're finally got some great weather actually right now for that matter. So, but there's so many ways to save money. It doesn't have to cost you a fortune. And all these little things will actually, and I'm going to give you a few tips here, will actually either save money, have more fun, or both. And isn't that what it's really all about, is the maximizing fun in, during your summer vacation? So one thing, if you are traveling outside of Canada, everybody hates the rates of roaming fees in Canada. Mm. They're brutal. They're one of the highest in the world. So there's a couple things. There's a couple of phones you, if you happen to have, if you have, say, an Apple 13 Pro Max or a Samsung Galaxy S22, you can actually, they have a spot for an extra SIM card. So get an actual SIM card, throw it in, so then you'll pay the local um, data rates. Mm. Save you a lot of money. Now, another alternative that I've been using recently is a virtual SIM card. So I went to the U.S. there for a weekend about a month or so ago, and uh, it cost me $4.50 for the three days. And I downloaded this app called Airlo, A-I-R-A-L-O. And it's an app. Now, there's a lot of them. That's just one um, virtual SIM. So now it's added a software program that allows you to access the data rates in the country you're in. This applies to Europe. This applies to wherever, okay? You can use this anywhere, and it will save you a ton of money, and which will allow you to have more fun doing something else rather than spending money on data rates. So other things. Just be organized. Book ahead, pack lunches, snacks. These snacks add up a, to a ton. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you can have pack the snacks before you leave, again, a little bit of effort up front so that you don't have to buy the exact same snacks at a gas station and pay 30 times more for the same thing. And you know what? Plan a picnic. I know it sounds a little hokey perhaps, but are, are your kids or yourselves going to remember the, last, the next time you stop at a McDonald's or a truck drive-thru or whatever? Or are they going to remember that picnic that you stopped, sat down, put the blanket down, had a, had a great lunch, and packed away? Probably even took pictures. You're not going to take a picture going to another fast food restaurant. So again, adds to the, it's a lot more memorable. 
better meals, hit the local bakeries, make it fun. Okay. Um, first of all, give yourself lots of time. Um, the biggest thing is just people start to rush. They plan so much into their vacation that they stop having fun. They're more worried about getting from point A to point B. Um, bring games, you know, cornhole, ring toss. You go to, the, you know, whatever have you. There's all sorts of places that sell. They're a lot of fun. Okay. You can, there's this ring toss thing that my wife and I played and we go in camping. And it's, it was at Costco we bought. I think, I don't know what it cost, but we wore it out. Lots of fun. Um, but again, you didn't have to go and spend a whole lot of money. First aid kits. Okay, make sure you bring those because that could be expensive if you um, don't have one. Um, you know what the best, though, is other people's cottages. You know what? Mm. You can have lots of fun. Why do you think they have guest rooms? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have an acronym for that, OPC. We, we love it. Oh. Doing OPC all summer, other people's cottages. Yeah. Uh, way cheaper. Oh, yeah, it's way better. And you know what? They're, we're gracing them with our presence so they can have more fun. It's a win win. <laughs> so, but again, it is what it's all about and having fun. Um, the other way is set a travel budget. Write down what you're going to spend this summer on, on travel, fun, et cetera, and then plan the expenses within that budget rather than the other way around just haphazardly spending money on whatever and saying, whoa, spent a lot of money on travel this summer. And you'll find ways to work within your budget and you'll have a blast. So again, having more money and having more fun in the sun. Um, one thing, if you're going to use Airbnbs, it's a great way to save money, but it doesn't stop you maybe from using your own house as an Airbnb. Okay, you're away. Oh, maybe it might be a thought. You can make some money doing it. You know what I found in spring cleanup? I know, Jay, you, you're going through this yourself for that matter, is sell stuff that you don't need. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's amazing, amazing how fast you get rid of stuff. Yeah. Oh, put it on Facebook Marketplace to come to the driveway, give you a couple hundred bucks. Hey, there's more money for you. But again, these are all points um, on your credit card. We, we were stuck indoors for during a pandemic. Some people have accumulated a lot of points. And what a great time to cash them in. And then look at your credit card. Maybe they offer discounts at hotels. Like CEA has a lot of discounts at hotels. I always ask if I do happen to use a hotel, you know, is there a discount for whatever, maybe this credit card or maybe CAA? Usually CAA ends up being the best. Um, car rental insurance. Make sure you're covered and don't possibly save you 30 or $40 a day on car rental insurance. So at the end of the day, You'll eat like a local, go to the local places. Don't go to the main spots. You'll have more fun. So one other thing is we often do is just Google free things to do in this city. And up <laughs> comes a whole list of things that are free. And some of them are a blast. And there's other, there's passes for your New York City will save you all these, all these fun, all, all these discounts. So at the end of the day, you can end up having extremely memorable summer, have a blast and save a few bucks at the same time. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Another fabulous show, gentlemen. Thanks so much. Have a great week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.